0: Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Connell. Danny
1: Cannell. Back to throw versus
0: He tight end. And Rajah Bell.
1: Bell has it.
0: 22 for Rajah. Saw the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me.
2: Ah, what's going on? Welcome to Off the Bench. Danny Connell, Rajah Bell, hanging out. We're going to talk a lot of NFL, a little college football, a little NBA media days was in full. camp. If you are listening to the podcast... Which maybe you are. Hopefully, you are going downloading those. If you're watching us on CBS Sports HQ, you just heard my highlight read. Yeah, I loved it. But if you're listening to the podcast, you need to go watch it because it's kind of it's kind of comical. I mean, it's not good. very professional. Like, oh, it's very professional, professional. What do you mean, podcaster. What are you talking about? You don't think so. That's excellent. All right, it's a little Ron Burgundy-ish. I couldn't do it. <laughs> yeah, you could. <laughs> done it uh, all right, so let's get into it. Yeah. Monday Night Football was last night. Fitz magic was on display in the second half the first half not so much right they actually end up losing the game got off to a really rough start when i was watching this game early i saw ryan fitzpatrick and he had been the talk of the nfl i mean him and patrick mahomes have really taken the league by storm you had fans i'm watching the pregame hype and you're seeing all these fans with beards on you can just tell tampa bay has a vibe about it right yeah Ryan Fitzpatrick wasn't feeling that vibe early on. He looked a little bit off, and I'm not talking about the interceptions because he had three first-half interceptions. Two of them weren't even his fault. There was the pick six, which really was just an ill-advised throw. There was just some other throws that he made where it felt to me he wasn't in the rhythm of the game yet. He was just off, little underthrow on some of them. Yeah. And it almost felt like, I don't know what it was, because the last game when he got off the hot start against the Eagles, he just chucked it downfield and he felt it the whole game. Some guys are rhythm passers, and it felt like it took him a whole half to find his rhythm.
0: Yeah, he was he was off um early. Some guys also aren't built for that stage. Like, I think – I want to be fair to Ryan Fitzpatrick because I like Ryan Fitzpatrick. And I think going forward, like, I know Jameis is back in the building probably already this morning. Like, the conversation that they need to have with Jameis is, like, be a good pro about this. Right now, F- Ryan Fitzpatrick is getting it done. Like, history suggests, and this is my point, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, he usually – comes out of nowhere, does things like he's done, like not to the degree of being the only guy to ever throw for 400, three, 400 yard passing games, but ever, put, ever, not
2: just, not ever in the history of right. the NFL. It's insane.
0: But he usually comes out of nowhere. He, he, he does this thing, right? And everybody's like, holy cow. And then the stage gets kind of too big for him and things kind of regress to the mean. That's been his, that's been yeah. his, uh, track record in the NFL. So that would be my conversation with Jameis. Like just buy, dude, be a good pro. You're still the, Going forward, you're the guy. But right now, we're going with Ryan Fitzpatrick. Um, hopefully, Jameis will do that. But in terms of Ryan, I thought last night, maybe the stage was really big. All the beards were out. It was Monday night football. He looked like he was just out of sorts early. But then he did kick it in, Like and he, and he found his stride. But early, I was with you. Like He threw a few balls in the dirt. I've heard a lot of people this morning as I came in give him a pass. I want, and again, I want to be fair. Mm-hmm. You throw that ball off of somebody's helmet, it's not a tip ball. It wasn't, that wasn't, that it was wasn't, that wasn't, no, that wasn't a ball like you were back in the pocket and you saw somebody open and you rifled it and somebody put a hand up and tipped it up in the air. Right. That was a defender right in your face and so you're you clunked it. Him. You clunked it right off of his helmet. That is an interception. <laughs> That's gotta be you. his offensive line. Gotta clear
2: those dudes out. What about out of the, the way. one to Mike Evans? That one I didn't – he got a pass for that one. Mike Evans, after the game, talked about it and said, I kind of screwed him over. I ran a different that route. That ball
0: was 10 yards deep. I
2: agree. I did not – I think that ball sailed on him. Yes. I don't care if he's seven feet tall. I still think it would have come okay. over Mike Evans. Yeah, head. yeah. So I think – I would I would go back and say two of them were on him. Here's the thing. I thought he was getting a lot of pressure in the first half. Right. Once the, and then I thought the Steelers got hit by the heat and the humidity of Tampa because it was a hot night out. I think they slowed down. They did a better job of protecting him. When he has a clean pocket, he's like a lot of quarterbacks. He can tear you apart. When he's under pressure, they're going to have issues. You know, he's going to put, put the ball up for grabs right. on the first half. Um, I think it's a no-brainer for Dirk Cutter, the head coach. And he said after the game, he was asked about it, and he said, well – I want to talk to Jameis first before we tell our whole decision to the whole world. That to me is telling him you didn't want to bench. You know you don't want to tell him he's going to be the backup because if right. he's a starter you would just do it. They play on a short week. I think it's the obvious thing to do. I mean their offense is on fire. They're still throwing over 400 yards every game. Here's the thing. I don't. It could be Jameis or Fitzpatrick with the weapons they have. Mike Evans is a beast. Deshaun Jackson is the speed demon on the outside, yeah. and OJ Howard at the tight end position is a huge target. They need to but, find a running game. They do. They need, they need
0: to find Because you're right about that, like the, the receivers. Yeah. Like that's just.
2: Alright, so we've, we've talked about the losing team. What yeah. about the winning team? Because the Steelers was, this was the soap opera. We talk a lot about the NBA soap opera. it. The Steelers it. were the soap opera in the NFL up to this point. Antonio Brown, you know, skips practice, doesn't come. There's rumors of a trade. Le'Veon Bell's not there. There's no more rumors of trades. Ben Roethlisberger tried to shoot it down after the game, said oh, all the drama's outside the locker room. There's no drama inside. You can't tell me that. You can't tell me there's no drama in, especially when you had offensive linemen calling out Le'Veon Bell, telling him, you know, hey, you got to come join us or not. There's just There's too much distraction on this team historically they've thrived in that spot right i think it's going to catch it's going to come back to haunt them this year
0: um i i agree with you and anytime you're coming out saying that there's no drama and they, there's usually drama dude like the, <laughs> yes, yeah, you course. know what i mean and
2: we don't make it up in the media like we don't make it up it's coming from you guys whether it's correct. social media whether it's direct quotes or just watching outbursts in the sideline it happens
0: nobody's buying that uh and i'm not right. buying the steel like the bucks are a good team but I'm not buying that the Steelers have put all of this behind them in their in their rolling either. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger was thirty for thirty eight, um, three touchdowns. He had his best game like this is the best three game stretch to start a season, right? Since yeah. when? Like forever. forever. <laughs> um but but and then there were a bunch of turnovers in the first half that put them in really good positions. Like I know
2: that Yeah, have, anytime you have a pick six, your odds of winning the game are like doubled. Correct. Most of the teams, if you get a pick six, it's like a gift.
0: So and for that reason, like I know that's part of the game and they're teams that like lead the NFL in turnovers and they're gonna be one of the better de- but this one doesn't seem like that to me. This seemed like an opportunistic team. They caught some breaks last night and they got a win. Good for them. They needed the win. But if you're asking me if I'm putting stock in the in the Steelers right now, do I think they have it figured out and are they trending? The answer is probably gonna be no.
2: Alright, so one of the things that bothered me in this game uh, four roughing the passer penalties. They were brutal. And they were awful. I'm telling you, the NFL needs to wake up, listen to your players. It's not fans, it's players. And what you really need to have is quarterbacks come out and say it.
0: Well, Ben Rothelsberger came out a little bit, and he said he didn't love – he didn't think
2: – Here's freaking Ben on this stupid one where he gets hit in the head and he does the flop. That one – was Gerald McCoy. That one was roughing the passer. He bumped him. He did not fall on him. Right. They could say it was a hair late, but it wasn't that late. That's the one where he flopped on him. The now hum- we're becoming soccer players. Where he you're looked out like he flopping. was concussed on the hit. He barely I mean, touched oh, his head. Exactly. Barely touched him. Now, that still probably would have been a penalty, but you don't have to flop like that I, because the rules, you're not supposed to touch him up high. There's one where a player, he jumps off of him. That's the body weight, jumps, but that's the body weight one, that's right? That's stupid. He doesn't even, like, he. the player falls off him. The defender doesn't even hit him that hard. That's football. These are football plays that are happening out there.
0: Didn't Alex Smith come out and say something like he didn't love it? A
2: lot, a lot of quarterbacks are coming out and saying them. And it's just, it's, it's
0: ridiculous. The problem is the NFL's doubled down on their stance. So they're not, they're not,
2: they're not listening to their players, which is what, which drives me nuts.
0: Has the NFL ever listened to their players?
2: No. Like seriously, that's the problem they have. That's why there's such dissension between the players association and the owners. By the way, did you see the Miami Dolphins defensive lineman, William Hayes? Who tore his ACL because he was he tried he, he had a sack in his sights and then he like tried to awkwardly move around and he hit his leg in a bad spot, tore his ACL out for the year well, because he was trying not to fall with his body they don't weight. Care. It's not
0: natural. They don't care. Exactly. They don't it's as not long as Scott quarterback. They don't care. Um I had two thoughts just watching the game last night and I one my first one would be just keep tagging quarterbacks, like <laughs> right. who just cares? Just penalty. just keep tagging them, bro. Just make a mockery of the situation. Or the other one would be just like no pass rush at all, right? Like neither right. team's going to lose. But I just make. I would th- probably go that way. I would probably rush
2: three linemen because everybody's passing the football now. Yeah, rush three linemen. Don't have any blitzes because those are more likely to get you know a guy running and sacking and hitting the quarterback. The defensive lineman. Although you did see Gerald McCoy called on one of them. Just try to get them to get a sack where you kind of roll on them. Drop eight in coverage because that's what the league is turning into. It's turning into seven on seven where you eliminate the offensive and defensive
0: lines. couple things. Do you think that referees or the um, whatever they call them, do you think that they would think that those are roughing the passer call. If you got if you got rid of like the grading scale that they're graded on, and the right. fact that they have to throw it or else right. they don't get playoff games, no. would you think that like a, a as a football guy, they sit there and be like, yeah, that's tough. That's a roughing the. I think. Are they, they mandated are, to make? I the think
2: ball. they are mandated. I think it was a huge point of emphasis in their officials meetings that they have in the offseason. The rules committee says we are going to protect our Cubans. Right. The thing about it, and we said this yesterday on the podcast. You, you can protect them all you want. They're still going to get hurt. Jimmy Garoppolo got hurt. This, you know, on a non-contact play. Somebody else is gonna get hurt because he's gonna fall the wrong way. Somebody still you can sack them correctly. They're still gonna get hurt. The NFL will survive. Last year, Aaron Rodgers out. NFL was okay. Deshaun right. Watson out. The NFL survived. Still had a really entertaining Super Bowl. True. How about the Philadelphia Eagles? Lost Carson Wentz, go with their backup, won the still sp- won the Super Bowl. Like it'll be okay. Guys can get hurt. It's football.
0: Just so I'm clear in case I want to play defensive end this year. I can um I can't hit a quarterback low in his knees, right? That's a penalty. Like right. if I go oh, yes. low. Yeah, but I can't inadvertently, as I'm trying to like swim past a tackle, hit him in the head either. Right. 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 I can't do either there, one of no, those. No. But then, if I hit him like a
2: circle, yeah. If I hit him in that, target. if I
0: hit him in that target, which it's is like center a mass, tag, which I hate because the
2: star target's too small, like yeah. the whole body. Because to get to
0: get sure. him down, I would probably have to use my shoulder and my body. Right. Yes. But then I can't fall on him either
2: yes you there's nothing you can it. do it's it's it. ridiculous richard sherman the the talk t- play i was talking about the defensive lineman richard sherman when it was reported he said they don't care about the rest of us getting hurt long as the qb is safe and it's true and it's messed up and i'm a former quarterback it is wrong the way they're protecting quarterback is
0: there any resentment like uh like real resentment from people like richard sherman can come out and say Even it but does that like become a source quarterback of, yeah no, like
2: they like their guys they like their teammates it'll become a source of contention. Sure,
0: you don't have that in the NBA. Like everyone in the NBA knows, like I knew like when I played Kobe or I played LeBron or D Wade, like I knew they were going to get some calls. You know what I mean? Like they're stars. It happens, but you don't have that one position that is like, just put on this pedestal and everyone must defer, right. and change the way they play the game to protect them. Like if that would bother the hell out of me, really, it absolutely. It, would,
2: it should. It bothers me now. I think it should. Um, by the way, there was an incident from the game. It was an incident, too. My man Chris Conte was trying to defend last night. Did you see the stiff arm? This was one of the filthiest stiff arms was it, ever. Was it late in the game? Check it out. No, no, no. Watch this play. So you get the Steelers tight end. Gets the ball. Uh, oh, just oh. get off of me. Oh, that's Just great right no, stiff I didn't see arm. that. I, There's a lot of terms I would love to use this, but they're probably too, a little too sensitive. Yeah. Like, I can't use them. That's weight room. But ragdolls was what I put on like You just got ragdolled. Like, it just... Just give me that right arm still. <laughs> Get off me. Chris Conti was trending. He might even still be trending online because it was so Chris embarrassing. Chris Conti. Where's
0: Chris Conti from?
2: And like, I don't know. It mm. was, it was so ugly. Um, it was trending for a long time. Can't go home for a while, it bro. Not trending still, but it was trending for a long time. He's going to be embarrassed. So embarrassed, <laughs> he left the game. Really? Well, he might have been hurt. <laughs> he hurt. he, he hurt. got concussed. But he did leave the game. The stiff arm I don't know. concussed. Yeah, I got a feeling, <laughs> hurt. Um, all right. Let's other NFL storylines. Yeah. So, Browns, make it official. Thank you, Hugh Jackson, for stating the obvious. We all knew it was. Obviously, probably wanted to have the sit-down with um, your boy Tyrod Taylor yeah. to make it official, which is good for him. Uh, so, it'll be interesting to see what kind of run the Browns can go on with Baker Mayfield. Now he's the established starter. It's the right,
0: it's the right move because he gives you the best chance of winning right now. It's not, I want to be clear because I don't believe it's the right move because he's a rookie and we got to have him in there and let him learn on the fly. He's a better quarterback right now. He gives your team the better chance to win.
2: Yep. You saw the difference on the field. Josh Rosen, he was asked to go in. Sam Bradford was not very good in the second half. So they said, go ahead, go do it.
0: His is different. Like the Browns are 1-1 and 1. So the guy who gives you the best chance to win should probably play. The Cardinals are garbage. So while Sam Bradford, I still think, is a better quarterback than Josh Rosen, who cares? Like let your young and go out there and play and let him get the reps because he's the future of the franchise.
2: Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how he plays. He'll get the full week of practice. It's gonna this is crazy. This is awesome because now you're gonna see almost all these uh, rookies getting a start. Only Lamar Jackson, who's on a good team with yeah. an established starter, but all these other guys are getting opportunities. I think you'll see flashes of brilliance, and I think you'll see moments of hey, that's a rookie. Like, that's a rookie mistake, but it's going to be a ton of fun to watch them all play and uh, see how they carry over this class, which was so talked about uh, in the NFL draft. All right, NBA Media Days was yesterday. There was some awesome viral videos that were out there, some funny, some not so much. And you also have that team that's still trying to make a trade in the Minnesota Timberwolves for Jimmy Butler. We'll get to all that next on Off the Bench.
0: Well, my game... Uh... You know, it does not change no matter who I'm alongside. You know, um, you know I believe my game can fit with anybody. Uh, I'm a team-first guy. I love passing the ball. I love sharing the ball. Um, you know, and then watching these guys from the outside looking in, uh, the level of, of pace that they play with, I'm excited about. I love getting up and down and running and things of that nature. So, um, but you know, I think uh, you know Luke and the coaching staff will. Uh, let us know what they would like for us to how we can be great, and um and you know we have to practice that and we have to implement it every single day in order to uh, accomplish what we want to accomplish.
2: You know what's weird for me is seeing not only just LeBron in Lakers uniform, but seeing him sit at the podium and talk with the. Lakers. It's like it's like picture day at school, like or the, or like my grade school kids. <laughs> yeah. Usually they're all dapper, like they got all their GQ swag <laughs> on there. But him to actually sit there and talk about his team, this is a, really it's like a it's an interesting cast of characters that they've assembled for the Lakers. Yeah. How do you think it's gonna to work together?
0: I think that it will work it's going to take some time. I think they'll be better um, than some people think. I don't know that they're going to be challenging to win the Western conference but you you drop a bunch of guys like the young guys are solid and they're still learning how to play they'll they'll be fine with LeBron he'll mold them um, their games will have to change a little bit though because LeBron although he says he can play with anyone and he can it's predicated on the fact that the ball is his and we're all going to kind of fit around him. That can be a hard thing for guys. You've heard uh um, Channing Frye come out and say it. I mean, he's he's a willing passer. He makes people better, but you have to learn how to play the role that you need to play with him. Um, the group of the group of guys on the on the outside, right? Or that they brought in. You're talking about the uh I don't know the uh, uh what's the kid's name? No. Lance Stevenson, yeah, Rondo, right. McGee, like those to me, sound Michael like Beasley, could potentially be explosive because you have some big person, super talented, super right. talented, but really big personalities. The motivator on one year deals though, right? Like all these guys want to continue to play. They're not to the age where they don't want to play in the NBA anymore. And so you typically would get the best out of someone both on the court and like emotionally um, in that scenario and playing with LeBron you've got to be on your P's and Q's because they don't necessarily need you do you know what I mean so I think you'll get the best out of those guys
2: you know what's interesting to me is since we've seen LeBron go to LA you know it's been pretty quiet Mr. Mr. Ball, yeah, <laughs> Mr. Ball, which is great. Yeah. like it's kind of refreshing. Let Lonzo do his thing because I guarantee you, LeBron is going to have a zero tolerance policy. Like he will shut that down quickly. Yeah, he's not But playing. I wonder how long he can do it. How long he can actually? Remain. Uh,
0: you'll hear from him. Yeah, exactly. He's not going to be able to do it But for too what long.
2: happens when he criticizes LeBron's game? Said, "Yeah, Lonzo's not getting his shots or not getting the ball enough. He's not." You are not
0: going to, want to do that, bro. Like, <laughs> you are like, not yeah. going to do that if it's between LeBron and Lonzo. Now it was interesting because Lonzo beefed up; like he looked big, he looked kind of puffy in some of those. uh Cause some of those pictures, I don't love it. You don't? I don't, I don't love the puffy look. If you're gonna pick up natural muscle because you're getting older and bigger, that's fine. But not the puffy look which looks like you just tried to put on weight. I don't love that. Is
2: there ever a time in your life where you all of a sudden just got a lot bigger. Like yeah. way it was more mature. What age were you? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, it
0: was between my freshman and sophomore year. I went from like, as a freshman, I was like 6'5", 185. Uh-huh. And after my sophomore year, I was like 6'5", 210, 215. See,
2: there were two times in my career when I got bigger. Like my fir- my freshman year of college, I got bigger because I was eating pizza every night. Mm-hmm. And also working out some, but I got like really thick. I was up to like 225, 228 yeah. even at one time. That was kind of fat for me. And there's a picture of me playing baseball. I got to find it. I look like bloated. <laughs> I looked awful. But then there there was also another time when i was about 24 25 and i started lifting a lot more seriously and it wasn't like to get huge it was just like i took it more seriously right and i bulked up again where i actually had somebody true story you're not gonna believe this i had some buddies thought i was doing steroids yeah i got that big i was out working out with my buddy tony graziani yep. in uh the desert palm desert i went out to visit him and his wife and we're playing golf like playing you know hoops so we went to his high school and we were playing pickup hoops and we were dunking goofing around Shattered a backboard. Oh, have you ever you shattered, shatter, a no, no, shattered a backboard? Never. Got me, a bro. Two hand jam. <laughs> but I felt awful. It's like right. this high school. They don't have the replacement. You can just bring okay. it. Okay. No, dude, you you did. It was awesome. Anybody <laughs> shatters
0: a <it> backboard, <laughs> don't worry it. about it. You right? Get the pass. Yeah.
2: Legendary. <laughs> uh, all right, you know didn't shatter a backboard. Ud was up on the top of the thing. We'll get to that in a little bit. uh Kawhi Leonard was in yeah. Toronto people were asking about his game but the thing that was probably the the most viral out of this was his personality which nobody sees and more importantly his laugh you got to listen to this
0: i'm a fun guy uh obviously i love the game of basketball um i mean it's just more questions you have to ask me um in order for me to tell you about myself i just can't give you a whole spiel you sound fun. <laughs> he sounds I don't even know where you're sitting at. <laughs> 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 so awkward. You know, it's like it's something from Get Out. Yeah, like it's kind of yeah. like Get Out. Like yeah, something a, a little bit see, weird. He's in a sunken There's place. Something, yes. Yes. There's, There's something out. off about it. Wow. Maybe this
2: does explain a lot because you don't hear him talk to the media a lot. He's a shy dude. Like I don't think he talks a lot. And then you see this kind of awkwardness come out of him. It's really me. weird. It was that pretty funny. Uh, there were some people complaining, saying you were. We're bullying Kawhi by laughing at his laugh. Like, get over it. Yeah, so they, the I'm sure his, his players are yeah, going to be so. abusing him with of that Of course, laugh. bro. That- They're going to be abusing him with that one. All right, but let's look at the Raptors. Yes. Because he goes there. The East all of a sudden <laughs> is wide open. <laughs> you still love that laugh, don't you? The East is wide open yeah. with LeBron going to the West.
0: Mm. This team has as good a chance as anybody. Absolutely. Absolutely. um With Kawhi and... They didn't have to, I mean, they gave up DeMar DeRozan, which is really, really, really good player, right? Yep. But you, you still have a lot of pieces in place that DeMar DeRozan had in place and the East is watered down. So like, I still think Boston is the, Boston and the Sixers until I see what the chemistry experiment looks like in Toronto, but they could be really good. Like Kawhi, I don't know what the knee looks like. I don't know what that that quad injury looks like. But I assume he's healthy. No one said that he's not. They're going to be really good. And they could contend for the East. But again, I think when you're dealing with a team like them, the challenge for this year versus the Sixers and the Celtics and probably more so the Celtics because the Sixers have had a lot of turnover too um, the Celtics are there they're the same entity that they were last year now you got to reintroduce Gordon Hayward um, but Gordon's the type of player that can fit with anything so they're going to be fine the other ones are going to have to mess around with, with chemistry all year and who knows how long uh, that takes to kind of develop
2: alright so Kawhi also talked about possibly getting some other stars to join them in Toronto uh,
0: I want to play here um you know, as long as I have on in jersey, I want to play basketball. Um, I came here with an open mind. Uh, you know, I want to do great things, so I'm gonna make sure that you know I put my all effort on the court each and every night. And you know, by winning games, this is how you you know get star uh, caliber players to want to come here and play.
2: All right, so Vegas agrees with you. Celtics are the favorite to win the Eastern Conference, four to five odds. Sixers are second favorite at 4 to 1 and the Raptors are at 9 to 2. Um any chance that Toronto like that he falls in love with Toronto the or, the organization franchise or do you think he's a West Coast
0: guy? I think he's a West Coast guy, but there's a chance. Yeah. I mean there's always I wouldn't I wouldn't have seen um Paul George stay in Oklahoma City right. unless they won something and they overexceeded I mean over over achieved last year and they didn't do that. So th- that surprised me. Yeah. I could make the same case for Kawhi. I thought it was interesting though. You no know, that's a shot at Kyle Lowry. I'm not saying that, but when you're talking about getting stars to come play, Kyle Lowry's been a really good player for yeah. a long time. Um, uh, all star guard, um, super tough to, you know, to but play against. Not, do
2: you think it's that much? Cause most teams have three stars, most good teams.
0: Yeah. I mean, I guess you could, yeah, you, you need another one maybe, yeah. but I, I, I just, it was interesting hearing yeah. him say it was the first time I heard the audio.
2: Right. Yeah. Uh, Boogie Cousins was introduced in Golden State. Mm-hmm. This is one of those interesting moves where you look at it and you're like, hey, they're really good. They're a super team. They were able to get him to join it. He takes the one year deal. Any chance that this
0: could, Oh, go ahead. Go ahead.
2: No, I'm just worried about the chemistry in the locker room. Like, they're still going to be good, but I think there could be some drama there. Like, he is an alpha dog, right? Like, he's going to come yeah. in and own that locker room from a standpoint that maybe present presents some challenges.
0: Yes, every one of those. Like,
2: why is he kneeling and not standing? That's enough.
0: He's got the fresh Kobe's. Those are the Kobe's that I waited for my boys to <laughs> get. By the way, yeah, those oh, are them. Nice. So he, um, he probably didn't have to wait. I probably not. <laughs> I th- I don't think that there's going to be chemistry issues. I do think that they're going to have to figure out how they handle Boogie because he is unique by most people's accounts. Like in, in, in the way you deal with him and some of the things that uh, some of the things that go on with him behind the scenes on the court. I don't see any issues. He is a very very talented basketball player. Talent usually figures out how to play with talent. They have a they get up a lot of shots. They play with a lot of pace. It looks like a fun offense to play in. They're going to be fine, but. Dealing with that personality, you've only ever had to deal with Draymond, really, in terms of the high maintenance. And I don't even mean Draymond's high maintenance, but Draymond has a little bit more going on yes. than other guys, right? Uh, now you got two of those guys. In theory, you would think, oh, no, we're good. We just got one other guy. But when you double down on that kind of stuff and now you got two fires, like... Sometimes it's hard from a from a managerial perspective to be putting that out. There there could be a little, but I think they'll figure it out. Winning cures a (laughs) lot. Exactly.
2: That's what I was gonna say. I think there'll probably be some drama, whether it's real or not. They'll have maybe they even have some fun with it, but I think there'll be some issues they'll have to iron out. But I don't think it's gonna impact their play on the court at all. The guy, the guy,
0: I think who it impacts the most is Draymond. Yeah, I do because Draymond is the bully on that team. Like he's the guy that you you know he he's the protector. And now you got a bigger, batter Debo in the mix. Like, what's your role now? You right. know? Like, what happened? So it's gonna be interesting. Alright, you
2: mentioned Paul George. No one thought he would stay in Oka, say he does. Uh, he talked about the Thunder this season and the, th- uh, just a little bit about their season.
0: I think Russ is the complete and ultimate stand-up guy. Um, you know, what he believes and what he stands for is, you know, what you would, you would want out of a teammate and out of a, out of a friend and, and a brother. Uh, you know he's a guy that's you know he's going to have your back. He's down with you at at any and all costs. Um and he's a guy that you want to go to war with. Do you agree? I do. I think I think that's a bad rap a lot of times Russ does. He does um for his style of play, I think. And the question is whether him doing what he did a couple of years ago triple doubling is the answer to winning championships. So, but in terms of like I thought it was interesting that he talked about the person Russ Westbrook, not the game like he's a friend like a brother stuff like that um he does seem like and I don't know Russ well he seems like the type of dude who is genuine like he re upped in golden i mean in in, yeah. in Oklahoma when nobody thought that that was a possibility like he was like no this is where I want to be like he seems like he keeps it 100 no matter what and While some people may not love it, like I love people like that. That's endearing to me because I do it, you know? So, um, that, that kind of clarifies for me why Paul George was there. They obviously have a very, very good relationship. It's not an on the court thing. That's a personal thing. Um, I I think Russ can get it done. You have to find, there is a, there is a formula for winning. And it varies from team to team. Like not everybody has the same formula. It all depends on on how you're built and what 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 the what you do as a team. They've got to get it right in Oklahoma City. They haven't got it right yet. They just got to figure out what that formula is.
2: But probably no matter what they do, they're still gonna be the third or fourth team, best team in the West. Right? Well, yeah. Well, the West, right. yeah. I right, mean, because it's so top heavy. Correct. So the two of the best teams. Right, right. but they there.
0: they present problems. Like they. I don't know what they did against Golden State last year. I'm sure they probably lost most of them. But any time those te- two teams play, it's going to be a war. Yeah. Like, it could go either way. And two years ago, I think Russ beat them a couple times uh, pretty much by himself. That was before they even got Melo and Paul George. So... Uh, that, that's always that's like a rivalry game, right? You know what I mean. Yeah. So whether one team's better or not, it's always going to be a war.
2: Probably one of the uh, most underreported stats of last season was that Russell Westbrook averaged a triple double again for the second time. Because the first time he did, that's all everybody talked about all season long, and nobody talked about know. it this last year. wasn't even mentioned for MVP, nothing. And he did the exact. No, same. I'm a
0: Russ fan. I love Russ. Yeah. I hear guys. I kill love him. the way he
2: plays yeah. because I like guys that play high energy and they care. Right. Like I think he cares and he's a competitor. He wants to win, and I love that about him. Uh Tom Thibodeau. Talked about, we talked about it a little bit the other day. Yeah. Jimmy Butler wants out. Owner says, yep, we'll move him. Carl Anthony Towns gets a new deal. Tibbs is still trying to talk him into staying, still trying to work it out. Is he just grinding? Like yes. he's just running, <laughs> he's like the, the hamster in the wheel, like just trying to spin his wheels.
0: What's he's today? Running? Tuesday? Yeah. Um, he'll be gone by Friday.
2: Now, Tibbs said, we're not going to
0: make a bad deal. I don't even think
2: that matters.
0: You're going to make a deal. You're right. gonna make a deal. That's what you can right. do. Because Glenn Taylor said you're gonna make a deal, um and the player says that he don't want to play there anymore. You're gonna make a deal, and that's just the nature of the way that the NBA is right now. That's the way collectively it's been bargained, and that's the way the the power dictates that it that it happens. And you're stuck between a rock and a hard place if you're Tibbs because you want to win, you don't want to. You know that's that's your job on the line, but ownership. Has mandated you trade him. You're going to trade him.
2: You talk about having almost no leverage from a trade standpoint. Like everybody knows you want to deal him, so they're like probably low ball offers coming in left and right, and they're going to have to take the best low ball offer. and have to move him somewhere. Your fate
0: is sealed, dude. Like you've got to make a bad deal now because not only the 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 player, but now ownership has come in and said, "Oh no, 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 we're we're trading him." Right. You've got nothing.
2: Right. So that'll be interesting to see uh, how that how that plays out. We'll be all over that uh, here on off the bench. All right. The only poll you need in all of college football. We're going to give it to you next. Off the bench. <laughs> Every Tuesday on Off the Bench, we give you, Raja and I, yeah, although it's not it's, collaborative. It's, 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 it's all not. I've had you, no input in this. We give you our college football top eight. You can do one. You can do the... You I gotta, can do mine?
0: Yeah. You Raja and... Or right. let's
2: let's hear we have beef with mine. I all don't right, have any beef. Let's show him my top eight. Now, we'll see if Mikey came through for me. Oh, he didn't do it. Oh, oh we didn't get an asterisk. We got a little highlight bar. So yeah. well done, Mikey. The reason I wanted to do this, you know the asterisks that I put on Clemson when I picked him to win the national championship. It was Trevor Lawrence as a starter. I think this team can win it all. Kelly Bryant, I think they could be really good. Yeah. Get back to the playoffs. But Dabo Sweeney has done it. And I think it takes a lot of guts, we'll say. Guts is a good word. Yeah, guts. He's Dabo talks all the time about playing with guts to make that switch. And it's hard. It's really a harsh reality of college football right now. You can be a really good quarterback if you play at a top-tier program you have to almost be flawless or there's going to be a five-star who might be better breathing down your neck.
0: I wanted you to do your playoff. I want to, I want you to do it. But Kelly Bryant, where you at? Transfer, <laughs> Wait, baby. It's week four. Time that's to go. A, that's a pretty good point. It's time to go. I'm surprised He's that. only a sophomore, right? Yeah. I mean, the writing's on the wall. If a freshman takes your job, can anybody, really if anyone's listening, point. give me a reason why Kelly Bryant should stay in you know, play. You interesting,
2: too, is that the timing of this – is a little risky from Dabo's perspective. Like he they didn't could even have shut waited. that down. He could have waited one more week, but which maybe maybe he's given him the opportunity. Which actually I would admire from Dabo if he did that. Yeah, that'd be cool. They're playing Syracuse this week though, which we saw. Kelly Bright is older, so he doesn't have any time. Um, Syracuse is a good team. I'm telling you, it's not just because they whooped up on Florida State. They have a high-powered offense that will challenge Clemson. I know it's like a 25-point spread. They're no. a favorite. It, they will challenge. They've been beat by this team last year. I think this is a tricky spot. They're going to need to put up points. I think Dabo's making the best move for his team, which is tough to do in those spots because you want to show, like, you got to be worried about the locker room. Absolutely. But they do. What does it say to seniors, other seniors on that roster? Hey, if I get, you know, if I don't, like, you're going to be loyal to me. Do you right though? The players know.
0: The players know. Like that, you're not high. You're not like we're the only ones that have been waiting to see. Like this has probably been something that's been like whispered in circles around that team for a while now. I, Kelly Bryant's older than he's not a sophomore. No, he's older. Okay, so then s- do what you do. Stay stay around. I just like I, you know, that's a tough spot. I talk about all the time when you get if you're a young kid and the kid one year below you is better and they give him the job. I mean, in that scenario, I'm I'm always like get out of dodge. But right. but um. Yeah, I think, listen, I think Clemson will, I think Clemson's actually gonna surprise you and I think they're gonna beat up on Syracuse just because they got beat last year by Syracuse.
2: Yeah, I think so too. They're gonna have that motivational factor. Uh, stat-wise, it's not even close. Uh, Kelly Bryant, they're about the same completion percentage, right around 65, 66%. They're both averaging about 100, Kelly Bryant's averaging 115 a game see the stats here, yeah. Trevor Lawrence 150, the touchdown interception is what really jumps out to you. Trevor Lawrence able to make those bigger plays, get the ball in the end zone, obviously that's what you want, and I think what people are going to be surprised at is Trevor Lawrence's ability to run the football. Like I think you're not going to have that much drop-off from a run game perspective, yeah. because they like to move the ball on the ground with their quarterbacks, in uh, Dabo finally making that switch. The rest of my top eight, Ohio State at three, they dropped one, it was only the Clemson because of that, they looked better, I think they're going to look better, even better now. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State has a monster matchup this weekend. Stanford, for me, a lot of people were surprised I had Stanford in my top four. I am somebody, because they were tested by Oregon, probably should have lost the game. Yep. Bottom line, they didn't. They won the game. I think they've got the best quarterback uh, in KJ Costello that David Shaw has had probably in about six or seven years. They have some playmakers. They have Bryce Love, who's the best running back in the country. Hasn't yeah. been putting up the numbers that he did last year. I think they're a tough, physical team. And unlike a lot of people around the country... I like to give the Pac-12 credit for actually having a tough schedule where they do beat up on each other, right? And I think they deserve it. I think they deserve the credit, even though most of the country does not watch them play.
0: Eyeball test for me says they shouldn't be in here. Oh, jeez. When I just watch them play against Oregon, I mean, I haven't seen. Admittedly, their games are like they were awful for the first
2: three, three or four quarters.
0: I'm not buying Stanford. They were rough. I I like, I like what they do out there year in and year out because there's some academic, obviously, like. Like hurdles that you have to clear, getting kids in there, you know what I mean. Like there's only a certain percentage of the football playing population that could go to Stanford. Um, so I I commend them for what they're able to do year in and year out. But when I watch them this year, eyeball test, they didn't pass it.
2: No, you're so they so the thing that bothers me about the Pac-12 is the fact that they most of their games do kick off at 10:30, 10:45 at night. I think it really hurts the conference. Mm-hmm. And I used to speak out on this where I used to work, and people didn't like it from the network right? because they want to put on games late at night. And it just it screws over the Pac-12. It cost Christian McCaffrey a Heisman Trophy. Um, he was the best player in the country when he had Derrick Henry ended up winning it because he was at Bama, because he was an East Coast person. You see him a lot more in prime time, and you're getting buried out there. I was watching the USC-Washington State game. It wasn't because I was watching it live. I actually... Fell asleep at this kick, and then I just happened to wake up and I was like, "Oh, it was 1:45, 2 a.m. when that game was finishing." and yeah. it was a great finish. I caught the end of it, but no one on the East Coast is watching that unless you're a diehard college football fan. And a lot of Heisman Trophy winners, they're not staying up late to watch. That's just the truth. When you yeah. have 800 voters, they're not staying up to that watch. East Coast
0: it. bias. Hey, let me ask you about it's very real too. Let me ask you about Oklahoma falling all the way to eight. Yeah, why well, you don't give you don't give that army? You're playing. I do. I do. So those I, my, service teams, dude, they brutal. make it they'll make it ugly. Like brutal.
2: they'll it's a brutal. It's tough to stop the triple option. They'll come in there cut you. You guys don't yeah. want to cut. You've got to find a way to keep that game out of overtime. Like that is a scare. <laughs> like I get it for a half. At some point you gotta go out there. Now I had them in my top four last week. Right. I'm a big believer in having a fluid pull, like a fluid top eight. So they can bounce right back into the top four right. if they come back and they're more impressive. Ohio State has their biggest test of the season, I think, better than TCU, is um Is Penn State coming in? I think they might even be better without Saquon Barkley because they're more of a complete team. Yeah, and I think Trace McSorley is a guy who could have potentially a Heisman-type game if he does this on the big stage. It's it's in-state college. You got this, you know, unbelievable matchup coming to town. Game day is going to be there. You know, it's going to be nuts. And now you got Ohio State without Nick Bosa, one of the best defensive players in the country. I think this game could get really interesting.
0: It could get really interesting, and I think it all hangs on Dwayne Haskins. Um, not just, I mean, like, obviously a lot hangs on the quarterback, but he's young, right? And he's had a lot of success early. And you've always talked about, you know, what are you when you don't have the success? Like, what does that look like when, when stuff hits the fan? You know what I mean? And so that's going to be the question. Cause in Happy Valley, there's going to be a moment where stuff hits the fan for him. And then the question is whether he's built, uh, the way Ohio State fans hope he's built or, or if he's not. And I think urban, the, the, the urban situation coming back, like, I don't want to discount it, but I don't think that there's that much of a transition there. I think he was already you know, in practice doing what he did. I don't think they missed too many beats. I don't know that that locker room is going to be super reinvigorated because Urban's back. I I think it all hangs on how this kid plays in that environment.
2: You're right. And Penn State, to me, is a really tough team to figure out so far. The schedule hasn't exactly been a gauntlet. They had the the game against Pitt, which they absolutely dominate that one. But don't forget how close App State State, was. And yeah, Illinois, the final score, 63 to, uh, to 24 looks really impressive, but they scored 35 of those points in the fourth quarter. It was close in the third quarter and they were able to pull away late. So I still am trying to figure out this Penn State team. Most importantly, they're 4-0. Now they try to find a way which this, this game could define their season and their playoff hopes in that Big Ten East, which is so brutal. All right, let's get to Hannah because she's got to get us caught up on our socially relevant segment.
1: So you guys talked about NBA Media Day earlier in this show that we, we know everybody was pretty hyped to see LeBron James, but one guy was already taking jabs at the king. Evan Fournier from the Orlando Magic shared a photo from the busy day, zooming in on what looked like to be a new hairline and then shouted out (laughs) LeBron. He tagged James (laughs) and then wrote, quote, hit me up, bro. So this is obviously throwing some shade at LeBron's hair loss, which has been an ongoing joke in the NBA for years. I have to say, I'm pretty impressed that this was Evan Fournier of all people who made this joke.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't see that coming from Evan. Me neither. Me neither. LeBron does look a little better. Uh, does Le- 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 Lebron's look better? Yeah, I didn't pay better. attention to it. I just look. I'm a Lebron fan. I don't know why you would continue to go out there like having lineups when it's really, really. I don't know. There's a lot of stuff that they do with hair now. Yeah. Um, well, I, all I know is don't do don't do. What's your boy who had the color? Look like a uh, Sharpie pen. Who's that? Uh, Boozer. Oh, or Carlos, Carlos Boozer. Boozer. That was Remember the. That was when Beijing, Beijing first started, and I don't know that he washed it out. You're supposed to wash that out. I don't know that he washed I'm that out. Like, I've used Beijing before. You did. Yeah, you know I'm a little hollow right there. <laughs> so for a, for a minute, like I was trying to see if I could hang on to like my hairline. And yeah, stuff. I don't do it anymore. It's too. So much, you have much hair much hairline
2: issues. You didn't just go bald. You no, my hair, or... my
0: hairline is good. Like I just get a little thin. I'm not bald. Oh, you just said, it's it. thin. So like when I'm on camera or when I was uh, playing in games, right. Like it would look a little hollow, like up there. The
2: problem is, and this really got um. Uh, it gets certain places. Ginobili, Manu was one who gets that In the arenas where the light shines down, any reflection off there just makes it glaring. Like, if you're in a dark restaurant, you might be okay, but in an NBA arena, you're done. In the mirror, oh. you're fine. You <laughs> there's no
0: glare. <laughs> right. But out in the court, you're just uh, exposed. Uh.
1: Roger, when did you throw the towel in on your hairline?
0: Um... <laughs> Probably my last couple years in hand. It was getting, it was too hard to get to the barbershop all the time to get to Beijing. So I just started going ball.
1: There you go. There you go. All right. So over to a former magic player, Channing Fry. Now we know that this guy is a good jokester and he proved just that by having some fun in the Cavaliers locker room yesterday. Kevin Love posted a video of Fry clearly having no issue taking over someone's locker room spot. Take a look.
0: It's Cavs media day. <laughs> Hey, who Hey, Channing. No. Whose locker did you take? Come on, man. No, some dude? Some dude? No. Wow. Wow. <laughs>
1: Danny, Eat I'm going to take your spot in the studio and just call you some dude. <laughs> I,
2: I love it. Do you is there is there an alpha spot in the locker room? Like is it the corner spot cuz that looked like it was up against the wall like his kind of own and I'm sure a lot of guys are like get away from us cuz you're going to have media after him every game. Yeah,
0: I don't know that there's an uh, an alpha spot as much as like you just defer to where that guy wants to be. <laughs> yeah, like, do you know what I mean? Like every, every locker room is different. Like some guys might want to be right in the middle of it. A lot of them do like to be in the corner though. It makes sense. Um, that's always an interesting thing, right? Cause usually in the NBA, you don't pick it. Like you come in and your lockers right, got it all it set up for you. Um, yeah, you, you, but that guy, whoever Any that guy is. The guys you played with command two
2: lockers. Like, they were just like, I need my elbow room. Because Barry Bonds had two. Andy had a big, like, recliner. Like, the $3,000 recliner in front of his locker. Not that I baseball
0: No? Not that I recall. But, yeah, I mean, there might have been a guy just for, like, all of the mail and stuff like that. Yeah, right. maybe. But I don't. The worst
2: part of I had to share a locker a couple of times. Like, when you're competing for a spot in <laughs> training camp, there's all these other oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. dudes. They don't have enough lockers. Yeah. <laughs> that's when you're like, hey, I got to get dressed 15 minutes before you get 10 minutes before. It's the worst. <laughs> At
1: least you have a full hairline, Danny. There you go. You got some of that all. Right, that's all all for Socially Relevant, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Canal and Bell. Coming up next, Daniel and Raja run through today's leftovers, including an update on Richard Sherman. All this and more coming up next. You're watching Off the Bench.
2: Alright, welcome back to Leftovers. Maybe we need to keep camera on us, camera on us live, like during commercial breaks to hear some of the conversations. It might have been entertaining. Coco, our producer, (laughs) was laughing at us, cracking up. All we were talking about was drug tests. Um, (laughs) do you remember when Richard Sherman fired his agent, was like, I'm going to be my own agent. Um, And he got criticized for it. People mm -hmm. said, Oh, you got a bad deal. And he was like, nope. You guys don't know what you're talking about. Richard Sherman got upset at everybody and said, you guys don't know. I got the best deal for me. Well, turns out it might cost him a lot of money because he tweaked his calf, had left calf strain. He's going to be out a couple of weeks, two to three weeks. And if you go look at his contract, there is some issues that are cropping up because it is incentive laden. There are some uh, restrictions on if he doesn't play, he doesn't get paid. So he's going to have roster bonuses, 125000 for each game he misses with the cap strain. So he could probably kiss a million-dollar incentive for 90% or more defensive playtime goodbye at the end of the season. That is a steep penalty. Good job from Joel Corey reporting uh, on that one on Twitter. Joel Corey, not a good job by Joel
0: Corey. Why? Right, he's, he's got there trash. getting the details like, of why it. Why you got to be – look, the man's already going to lose some money, man. Why you got to be rubbing <laughs> it in his no, face? No, but and- this
2: is why – and I I love players that believe in themselves. You bet right. on yourself and you say, I'm gonna go out there and if I play well, I should get paid well. The problem is it's a rough league. There are injuries. Sure. You always want to get as many guarantees as you can, no matter how invincible you think that you are. Joel Curry lead that man alone. Especially coming back from leave the I Achilles. Man. I don't care who he works for. Leave Richard Sherman alone. <laughs> All right. Oklahoma State yeah. has a receiver. JJ McCleskey. Jalen McCleskey. Good one. I think they call him JJ, don't they? I hope so. Um he goes out there. Has a pretty decent start to his season. 15 catches, 155 yards, two touchdowns. He is the leading active receiver at Oklahoma State. He doesn't think he's getting enough catches, so you know what he does? (laughs) Four games in, you know what he can do? He can bounce. Deuces. He said, see it on Mike Gundy and the Oklahoma State Cowboys. I think this is a bad result, unintended bad result of this rule. I think it's not good. I think you're going to see (laughs) – you don't like it. You say I'm "I'm crying like the coaches. If you cry, what the baby
0: going to do? If you cry, what the baby going to do, Danny? Come on, man. This is bad. This is not a good result of this rule. It is not. Uh, uh, Listen, clearly they didn't expect it to be used like this. No. No intended consequence for sure. And listen, I want to be fair. Like I don't – I don't agree with
2: everyone you. is
0: different. That's why you can't say blanket. Yeah.
2: Hey, like, I don't know what's going on personally. Maybe he has a beef with his coach, maybe he hates his coaches. You don't know those types of situations, but I think you're going to have some younger guys who aren't very mature in life. I wasn't, yeah. I don't think you would probably Oh, no, I was not sure. Exactly I would have probably made a rash decision if I had a bad game. That's um, what I'm worried about with these guys.
0: You then suffer the consequences of that. Like that yeah. would be your bed. And now you have to lie in it. Um But there are the situations where, you deem yourself a pro. Let's say you get sideways with someone; things aren't going well. You see the writing on the wall. Your whole future is tied up in this next eight-game stretch. Like the world that you envision yourself having, I do want to afford someone the opportunity to say, "All right, this isn't going to work here. I mean, I need to go over there." And so, I don't have the right answer because I'm with you in some regards, right. but and I do everyone, think one,
2: like I don't know the specifics of the situation. I put out a tweet yesterday. And I was kind of just saying, hey, this was a shocker. We didn't see this coming when we talked about this rule. And the last comment got a ton of heat from people on social media. I think it's because it's a younger generation's thought process. I said coaching in 2018 is tougher than it's ever been before, and people are like, "Boo hoo!" Like you were saying, crying. They, that's why they get paid all the money. But how do you coach a guy hard? Which I was, I'm sure you were your career, sure. which you may not like, but it's good for you. And I think a lot of coaches have good intentions. They're not going to be able to yell at a player because they're going to be worried he's going to leave.
0: Look, I, I, you just go out there and you do what you do. If you can't take the coaching, then you need to bounce. Yeah, like that's like and in it's the better for the team. Absolutely. If yeah. you're the kid that can't take it, then I'm trying to establish a culture. you got to go, bro. I don't want you here anyway. Yeah. You know It'll be about?
2: interesting to see because I think we're going to hear more of these. Even today, I think you'll hear some more reports.
0: Yeah.